Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of For What It's Nerd. Today I want to do one of the episodes that has kind of become a little staple of the channel thus far, the uh, the podcast thus far, is uh, a what, a what I'm Reading episode. I'll try and speak more clearly going forward. Um, yeah, so we haven't done one of these in a little while now. We haven't done a What I'm Reading, What I've Been Reading, etc. in a little while. I think it was a few months ago now. And so I thought it's been it's been enough time. We we can discuss we can discuss some of the things that I've uh, been reading in the meanwhile. Um, I've got a few examples here. These aren't exhaustive. Uh, I've been reading a lot of things recently. I've been trying to get back into it, especially because I have a little bit more time to read at the moment due to some changes uh, personally. Um, so yeah, I thought this would be a good. A good idea to fill this week, so, not fill it in a negative sense, but to fill the slot this week, so to speak. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to get into it. Um, first off, I'll try and go through the books that I have finished. So that is pretty much just the, the one, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Then we'll go through the books that I am reading at the moment and books that I intend to read. Um, so that's kind of the plan. That's kind of the idea. So the, I've only finished one book recently um i've been kind of jumping about a lot with other books but that is as always a star wars book um this is star wars the high republic midnight horizon this came out a little while ago i, I am behind on the high republic stuff I, i've said this a few times I, I know but um yeah so this is this is actually quite a, a, an interesting book it's set on corellia for the most part which is very very cool um it it details essentially what happens at the same time as the uh, Fallen Star book, which is um, spoilers for the High Republic, but um, Starlight Beacon, um, the destruction of Starlight Beacon and the intent behind the, uh, the Nile in the galaxy at large, specifically on Corellia in this book. Um, I, I really enjoyed this one. I think this, this, it took a little bit of time to get going but once it got going it got there if that makes sense and i think it actually has a very interesting set of characters in this one but one thing i will say is if you haven't been reading all of the high republic this one will probably the, be the most lost on you because a lot of what happens in this book is informed from essentially most of the this is like this is like if you were to say every like you could read for example the light, light of the jedi then the i forget the name of it but the one on um the the attack on the republic fair and then you could read like fallen star and generally understand what's going on because those characters follow through this one not so much this car this one basically borrows like each piece of the storyline comes from either a comic or it comes from like previous books like um wreath and um wreath silas wreath uh, silas and cormac vetus they're both characters from um Claudia Gray's Into the Dark, and then like we've seen them a few times in other books. Um, and if you're not following it, you won't get this one quite as much. Um, but yeah, um, I, th I think this is a really fun book. Um, you know, I think um, I think there's a lot um, to do in this book that it manages to do. I think it leaves more questions than answers because this book is the sort of closing statement on Phase One of the high republic now i haven't i've just started phase two i've only just started it but um yeah i i feel like this i feel like this one is a it, it was a weird place to stop but i understand that like the way this book was being 
planned and done is intentionally done that way. If that makes sense, I think you're meant to have this be a weird place to stop because then they want to go back, tell another story, and then come back and continue. It's almost akin to, I know this is a very weird example to use, but it's almost akin to having, you know, you know how Infinity War and Endgame, the Marvel movies, weren't split? And you still had other movies that were coming out between them that were also Marvel movies. It's like that. It's like the, the gap is that weird interlude part that like how does this fit in how do these movies stand up against what we're expecting that kind of feels like what this book is like but it was a good book and i enjoyed it and um i'm excited to see what happens that the ending of the book actually is very interesting because um you see the return of yoda who disappeared in one of the earlier comics and you also see um um, one of the Jedi in the book give up the order, um, which I'm trying not to spoil as much as I can. But um, yeah, so that was a very good book. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best in the High Republic. I think the best books in the High Republic are the mainline ones. You know, the the big, the start, middle, finish ones like um, Light of the Jedi. Again, I can't remember the name of it, but the one on uh, the Republic Fair on Valor, and then. Uh, Fallen Star. I think those are the best ones, but don't get me wrong, very good book. And doesn't treat you like a child, which I feel some of these High Republic books have done. Um, this book doesn't necessarily do that. So I'm very glad about that. Um, so that's the kind of the only book that I've really fully completed at the moment. I'm I'm a little bit behind on like finishing books at the moment. I'm starting a lot and not finishing them. Um, which is kind of what I'm getting into now. So at the moment we have we will jump slightly uh, askew to Marvel for a second, which is a comic that I'm trying to get through. I read the first few issues of this. Uh, I picked this up a while back, um, but I didn't get around to reading it, which is Scroll Kill Crew. I'm very excited about Sacred Invasion. And, you know, I always try and get a few comics. I've said this before, but I try and get a few comics around the events that are coming out in the MCU, etc., to kind of understand what's going on. But uh, Scroll Kill Crew is essentially the idea that certain um humans have been eating scroll food like scrolls as food as meat and uh because of that they have gained scroll powers uh but they want to put down the scrolls so it's a, it's a very interesting concept i don't know if i'm sold on the actual execution of it um, obviously, this comic is comics from 1995, and then the next part is from 2009. So the 2009 part might go a little bit differently, but the 1995 stuff is not my favorite thing ever. But it's interesting. The next issue, because I, like I said, I didn't get. I'm not. I, I kind of stopped with this row quite a bit. The next issue, I think Baron Zemo turned up, which was very interesting to me. Let me just check. Baron Zemo and Captain America, I believe, turned up. Which should be interesting. Let me check. Was it Baron Zemo? I'm gonna check. Uh where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh no, Baron Strucker. Baron von Strucker, which is the guy who showed up at the end of He's the guy in the end of Winter Soldier and the beginning of Avengers Age of Ultron. For those who have only watched the MCU. So I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm just struggling with it. Um, because I don't the art style isn't my favorite either. Like 
I, I, I don't mind. I like bold art style, and I like like that looks a lot more interesting to me. So I'm, I'm very excited to get to the more recent stuff. So we'll see how that goes when I get there. But yeah, uh, interesting, interesting concept. Just something that I've not quite gotten deeply into as yet. But the scrolls are always very interesting to me, and you know I'm a big Marvel fan, so. We'll see where that goes. The next one we'll discuss is actually an audiobook that I'm listening to. Or should I say I haven't listened to? I haven't listened to it for about a month. Um, primarily because I find it's been a struggle. That being um the I can't even remember the name exactly, but Star the Star Wars Hunters tie-in book, which is the game that's meant to be coming out on Nintendo Switch, but it's being pushed back again. Um, it's soft launched in certain regions, but essentially the book um, that's meant to link to that. And don't get me wrong, anytime a, a book or a piece of media is brought out that is linked to a game or linked to a movie, it's usually substandard to the actual you know stuff that stands alone, like like a comic book or like a um, Midnight Horizon, for example, which is the uh, the book that I was just showing at the beginning there, the Midnight uh, the the um, Star Wars High Republic Midnight Horizon. Um, cause I don't know if I said that at the beginning, which, which to our audio viewers, I'm sorry about that. I, I didn't think, um, but yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, is that, um, it, it's not a particularly great book. It's very loose. And I think it's loose because I think it's meant to be for kids because this is a game that's on the switch. Remember, this is a switch game. Switch games are often touted towards kids. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people who aren't kids have switches. I get that. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you, you, if you have a switch, you are a kid or childlike, etc. Or you like child games. I'm just saying that by nature, that's typically the more, more of the demographic for switches. So at that point, the curiosity is like, how much do you give a story leeway for it being a child book as opposed to an adult book? I think it's actually quite interesting. I'll say the concept is interesting because what it does is it actually tries to elucidate similarly to how the uh, tie-in for um, Jedi Survivor tried to game mechanics as story points, which sometimes can go really badly. And I feel like sometimes um, survive, the, the Survivor tie-in did well with that. And then sometimes it didn't. I'm, again, I'm blanking on the name of that book, Battle Scars. Um, which, by the way, in case anyone was wondering, Battle Scars had nothing to do with the actual premise of the game whatsoever. So that's great. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, what, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that the game, the, the book does very well at making the game feel like it's part of the universe, which is a good thing considering it is a child's book and considering it didn't really have to do that. Um, one thing I will say is that I was actually very greatly impressed with how they did that because it felt like they actually had thought about, oh, well, how does this this game fit into the canonicity of the universe? For example, Reeve is a dark side user who is meant to be a Sith in the arena, so to speak, in, this, in the game. And um, they have, have basically come out and said, yeah, she's a Force user. Yes, she can use the Force. Yes, she can do all these things. But she's not a Sith. She's just this nobody from Corellia who were pretending is a Sith for the arena. And so it's like all theater essentially, which is great. Cause that's like half of what, you know, that's what wrestling is, for example, to a degree it's theater with fights, fighting involved. You know what I mean? So like, that's like actually pretty cool. And I quite like it. So like, 
sure we'll go with it we'll go with it so that one whilst it's not it's something that I've, I'm struggling to get into, and I'm, I, I think I, I will need to finish it now, especially because of the next book that I'm going to be discussing. Um, I'm, I'm not sold on it as a book. I don't think it's like a particularly great piece of media, but it's okay. And it does well at what it needs to do, which is explain the canon side of the, you know, the, the arena, so to speak. So with that said, let's talk about what I am actually finding to be a really good book, which is Path of Deceit. Um, I am about a third through this as of recording, and um, this is the beginning of Star Wars The High Republic's Phase 2. And I've got to be honest, very, very interesting. You're dealing with characters who are like sort of prequel-esque characters to the main cast of the first set of High Republic books. Um, and you want to know what's going on because, for example, um, you find out that the, one of the main characters of this book is a descendant or, uh, sorry, an ancestor or somehow a rela relative of Marchion Ma Raw, or Marchion Raw, depending on how you say it. Um, Marchion, I think, is the prevalent saying, uh, the prevalent, prevalent pronunciation. But, um, and that in this book, we're learning how the gears electric. The, the ship that Mark Markion uses is created. Um, and there's other things, and I'm interested to see how these things all fit together um, because they're talking about the path of the open hand, um, which is like a cult um, that is being investigated, but is also stealing force artifacts. And I don't quite know how it all lines up yet, but I'm very interested to see how. Now, obviously, a lot of people who are maybe watching this review, not review, this episode of the podcast, they might know already because, again, as I said, I'm, I'm way behind with the High Republic. But I'm trying to catch up, trying to catch up, you know, as quickly as I can because there's other books coming out. There's other books that are coming out, not just the, in the Star Wars universe, but, you know, Marvel comics, etc. but also, like, other books that I want to get done. Like, I've been sat with Dune halfway done for a... A little while now and i need to get back into that and like i want to start reading some other stuff so like this is a good book but yeah I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes and trying to get through the um the bulk of this i also what i was saying before is what what's what probably is more important is that i when i get through this i need to be very much done with star the star wars hunters audiobook because i have some of those the, the phase two high republic books as audiobooks rather than as hard copies so i kind of need to get through to get onto um get through that one to get onto the next ones um which is like scary because i i kind of don't want to listen to the rest of that book right now but it shouldn't have that too much long left on it a few hours maybe um but yeah so you know we're getting there we're getting there but there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I want to read. I I still actually haven't read half of those um books on that shelf over there, and still some up there as well. But talking about books that I haven't read, the ones that I do want to kind of touch on today, they were um delivered to me earlier this month, is part of my Marvel Legendary Collection, um which I've talked about before. But I have a whole set of Marvel Legendary Collections that I've been uh I've been um, purchasing for over a year now. I would say, um. And we're only on issue 32 at this point, and there's like 100, so it's like going to be another 
year or two before I have them all. But it's 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 a really cool subscription, and um, you know, it gives you insights to a lot of the characters that you otherwise might not pick up a comic book on or might not have access to otherwise. But the first one today is Moon Knight: The Bottom, which is an unfortunate name, but um, uh, left for dead on the desert sands, Mark Spector cried out for salvation. His prayers were answered answered by Khonshu, the Egyptian god of the moon, who made a pact with the dying man. In return for saving his life, Mark will become the ancient deity's weapon on Earth, an unstoppable avatar delivering bloody vengeance to those who deserved it. That was years ago. Now Khonshu has forsaken him. Mark finds himself at the, at the, Mark finds himself at the bottom once more. The time has come for man and god alike to fire up Jibrushin or die trying. So that's actually really interesting. I've got to be honest, I I've always found Moon Knight to be an interesting character, but never really gotten around, gotten around to reading much in the way of Moon Knight. And on top of that, I've only seen him obviously adapted for the Disney Plus TV show. So this is going to be interesting to look at, especially because a lot of people say that that, that adaptation wasn't, whilst it was perhaps good in some ways at dealing with the, um, the how do I put this? How do I put this? Um, the the more cerebral side of Mark's character, you know, the, the issue with having uh, a number of personalities. Um, whilst that might have been more beneficial than not, um, the portrayal of Moon Knight as a character wasn't exactly to par. So I'm very interested to see how that lives up to this and to see if it's true that this is a bit more of a better adaptation. Um, and that it's a, it's a, but also this is a little bit different anyway because this is uh, this is obviously set in a different. This is a, this isn't the same story that they use for. Um, well, as far as I can tell, maybe when I start reading it, I'll see some parallels. But this isn't the same story they use for the adaptation of Moon Knight itself. But still, very interesting, and I can't wait to have a crack at that one. Now, the second one. Now, uh, this is a character everyone knows. Everyone's very familiar with Wolverine. This one is just called Wolverine. There's no um, tagline. But this will be an interesting one. It is an older set of comics, which um, I can sometimes find difficult to deal with. Um, I, I find that sometimes you, you get real gems with older comics or they're really bad. But um, we'll see how this one pans out. So the blurb for this one states, Discover the classic tale that defined the Wolverine, catapulting the X-Men's most mysterious member to superstar status. Travelling to Japan to meet with his true love, Mariko, Wolverine is shocked to discover she has been married off by her criminal father, Lord Shingen. Further humiliated by the vindictive crime lord, Wolverine descends into rage and sorrow and into the arms of Yukio, uh, wild Ronin with a fierce love of battle. But when a new danger rises, Wolverine must fight to reclaim his lost honor and free both himself and Mariko from a deadly trap. If I've pronounced any names wrong, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm bad with that type of stuff. But um, yeah, so that'll be interesting as well. I, I, I've never read a Wolverine comic. I've read, read a lot of X-Men comics. But I've never read a Wolverine-specific comic, so that'll be very interesting. I think I say that a lot when it comes to Marvel. I've got to be honest, and this is something I am very, um, I'm very fair about when I have the chance. Is that I am a person who tries very hard to, whilst I'm not a big comic goer, try and understand the comics before I say something silly um, regarding the MCU, etc. Because I feel like a lot of people just, and I've just hit the mic. That's great. Um, I feel like a lot of people just 
say things and they don't understand what they're saying. And I, I try very hard not to do that. But, you know, it's not always that easy, but, you know, you try. You try as best you can. So that's kind of where I'm at with books at the moment and comics at the moment. I'm trying to get through these so I can get onto some other stuff. Like I say, I like those ones over there because those are all like very exciting to me. And I can't wait to um I can't wait to get into those. Especially the Doctor Strange one. I, that one's like that one's waiting for me. I, I'm waiting. I've I've read a few Doctor Strange comics before, but I would like to read some more. Um but yeah, so that's um that's kind of where I'm at with it at the moment. I I'm I have a lot I am probably gonna have a lot more reading time coming up very soon because I'm I'm making a career change, um basically. Um, I don't know whether that'll mean more content time or less content time. We'll see as regards that. But um, yeah, for the time being, I think that's that's it. So thank you guys as always for coming and hanging out, coming and watching uh, or listening to the podcast. You guys are great. Um, I really appreciate everything that um, you guys do as regards you know watching and liking and if you if you have subscribed already thank you very much if you haven't maybe maybe consider it please maybe um we're um we're um i'm i'm excited about this i'm excited about the channel i I think we're getting places with it i think you know we get a generally decent um viewership i don't know if that's going to be something that will continue to rise or whether it'll continue to um you know, at the same rate or whatever. But for the time being, I'm very proud of this podcast. We've done it for just under a year. I'm not sure exactly when the um the year comes to fruition, but it is coming. Um, which I'm hoping we can uh, do something for. We are also nearly near the fiftieth episode, I think, as well, which I need to keep an eye on. I'm probably going to end up missing one of them. I- I'm just going to be honest, and I'll probably have to like race out a tick, like a not a TikTok, but like a a video on the day but like oh my gosh guys i'm so sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but um yeah I- i'm very happy with how both this channel and peralta's place is going at the moment um generally speaking obviously i would like for them to grow um and prosper live long and prosper so to speak but um but I'm, I'm 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 thankful for what i have right now and hopefully we'll see um a growth coming now that I've rambled a little bit longer, and now that you guys have probably gotten bored, gotten bored of my voice, um, we'll leave it there. But guys, thank you so much for watching, as always. And I'm listening. I always forget you listeners. I'm sorry. I love you. But um, but I for some reason it just doesn't stick in my brain. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for hanging out, as always. And I'll see you guys later.